Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Hello, hello. You're listening to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I'm Emma. No Beth today. Sorry. We miss you, Beth. I am doing this thing solo again today, which is not my favorite because I do better talking to people than myself, but we're going for it. So hopefully you'll hang in there with us during this time. So today we are talking about teenagers, dun, dun, dun. I know a lot of you out there like me have teenagers at home and I know that that can sometimes be a struggle. So my question is, are teens and middle schoolers really jerks with bad attitudes? eye rolling, hair flipping, kids who hate their parents and talk rudely all the time to parents and siblings. Does that have to be the norm? Why is that now the cultural expectation of our teenagers? When we think back to times where teenagers were working husbands and wives and parents who are in charge of an entire homestead and working the land and taking care of their family. How did we get from that to kids who now, you know, are talking so rudely or flippantly, whose behaviors are not in any way something that I would want? I I don't know how we got to this point. But I wonder if we can have a conversation today about whether that needs to be what kids look like, whether that really is an acceptable, normal way for kids to behave, or whether there's an option for something else. Because frankly, I want more for my kids than what I see in a stereotypical teen. What you see in a movie or on TV or when you're out and about. I want to understand my kids. I want to have good conversations with them about real topics. And I don't just mean about, you know, them finishing their laundry. I want to have conversations with them about things that are going on in the world, about history, about current events, about religion, about science, about everything. I want to have great conversations with them. I also want to have fun with them. And I'm not saying in the way that I want to be their friend and I want us to act like we're the same age and we're going out doing these things. That's not what I mean. I mean, I want to have fun with them as their mom. I want to enjoy time with them and do things that are enjoyable. 
I want to have times laughing with them and crying with them. I want to sit and pray with them. I want them to understand boundaries and why we have boundaries in place, not only in the world, but in our homes. I want them especially to feel like they can talk to me and my husband about the really hard stuff. That they can come in and cry if they feel like it or just walk up and get a huge hug without any explanation needed just because they need one. So I get, I mean, starting this conversation, I just want to say I get that teens and tweens, they don't have an easy go of it. Their bodies are changing in huge ways. They have so many hormones just coursing through their bodies and it does a lot of crazy stuff. They can get angry without knowing why. They can get really sad without knowing why. They can be impulsive. They can be unpredictable. They can also think that nothing bad will ever happen to them and that they don't need boundaries or guidelines. And, you know, as parents, we were all teens once too. I would have loved to have had someone who knew when something was off with me or if I was struggling with my emotions, that I didn't have to come and say that, that already somebody knew, hey, I can see your behavior is a little bit different than normal. What can I do to support you during this time? And I want us to be the adults that we needed as kids, as tweens, as teens, and as even as young adults. So I do know that all of this sounds good when our kids are, kids are little and we don't have teens yet. When they start hitting the, you know, tween, teen ages, and they start, you know, maybe they their behavior goes from this super sweet kid who always did what they were asked and always had great behavior to one that, you know, is getting kind of surly or explosive or just trying to hide out. So how, in light of that, how can we make this a reality? How can we change the culture in our house and also in our communities to say that, you know, teenagers don't have to be the people that hate their parents and that hate the world and nothing's ever good, nothing's fun, everything's boring. So I would say the number one thing is to talk to your kids. Spend time with them doing things that they love and they are interested in. So instead of saying, hey, we're going to blah, 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 how about hey, is there something that you'd like to do? And you can give some suggestions if they look at you blankly like, I have no idea what I would suggest to do here. But definitely don't act like whatever they suggest is just like, oh my gosh, I hate that. I don't want to do it. Or start doing that activity with them and complain the whole time because that's not helping. Instead, engage in their activity. And maybe you don't go for the first thing that they suggest, but try for the second then and engage in what they're doing and just enjoy it. Have fun with it. Other things that you can do too are just sitting next to them and you don't have to say anything. Sometimes they just might need someone to sit with them. Walk up and give them a hug. Tell them that you're thankful that they are your child. Tell them you're proud of them. Give them examples of why. Tell them that you love them. It is so important for our kids to know they are valuable, they are loved, and that we are grateful for them, even on the really hard days. 
I remember when my kids were young, I would sing silly songs because I sing songs all the time. And I would sing the silly song that was, I love you when you're mad. I love you when you're sad. And it just went on and on, basically telling them different emotions. And I would sing it when they were mad or when they were sad or when they were happy or when they didn't want me to comfort them because they were upset with me. I just wanted them to know that no matter what happens in life, I love them. And I think sometimes teenagers, I have a good friend who always says like teenagers are like toddlers. And it's true in many ways. They are like toddlers. They have these giant emotions in this changing body and they're not sure how to express those emotions in really great ways sometimes. So I think us just taking those tactics and just reminding them like, I love you no matter what. I'm here for you no matter what. So another thing is really learning to read your child. If you can't already do that or you don't already do that, I would definitely say like watch their body language. Really try to be in tune with your child. Listen to what they say and how they say it. And if they're angry and taking it out on you, try to diffuse the situation and figure out why they are upset. There's usually a core reason that has nothing to do with what they're upset about. So spending that time to really find out why. It may have something something to do with, you know, missing out on, a, a, on an event that they plan to go to. It could be all sorts of things. But then they end up taking it out on you or someone else in an unrelated way. So finding out what's going on with them is very important. And just really trying to understand them. Sometimes they need to have some time alone. And if they do, it's okay to give them that time. But after a while, go in and engage them. Don't just let them, you know, like kind of fall into this dark pit. Go in, engage them, ask them questions, invite them to do something. Try and, you know, kind of get them out of their hole that they're in. Go for a walk or play a game, whatever it is. Sometimes it can be as simple as, you know, making a little note on the bathroom mirror. So they might see it when they go into the bathroom that just says, I love you or sorry, today was rough, whatever. You know your kid. Hopefully you're, you know, able to kind of pinpoint what's going on there. Another way is if they're still struggling is to make one of their favorite meals or, or a treat. And some things that are super important, saying goodnight to them, saying good morning to them. Even if they were upset, even if you were upset, if, if your child's angry with you, you still want to say goodnight to them. You still want to tell, you, tell them that you love them. You really want to show them that your love is unconditional and will never go away. And don't withdraw your love just because they're behaving in a way that you don't like. Okay, so some other things are teaching our kids that while it's okay to have feelings and be angry or sad, it is absolutely not okay to be rude and disrespectful. So in our house, those are big ones. But I think that also we need to make sure that we're being respectful to our kids. And I'm not saying, you know, again, we're all the same, you know, we're going to behave like we're buddy-buddy, but not to be rude to our kids, not to be unkind to them. Treat them respectfully. Don't call them names or berate them or cuss at them. And instead, support them and love them 
even through those really hard emotions, even through outbursts, whatever it is they have going on. And above all, remember, this is like one of those catchphrases that I feel like I have tried to embody the past 20 years of my life. Let's take a quick break. Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Kids' lives is to remember that they are not giving you a hard time. They are having a hard time. And I think if we approach it that way, that we're there to help support them and help them through their struggles and not be like, why are you behaving this way to me? No, they're struggling. So be there to support them during that time. And just tell yourself every time that there's an unreasonable behavior or an attitude issue or anger or whatever, that you are the adult. So keeping your own emotions in check shows them that they can work toward that. But if you are responding with unreasonable behavior, an attitude, or anger, or whatever, when they have that, you are not showing them that you're the adult with adult behaviors. You're modeling for them the behaviors that they're having. So just keep your emotions in check and speak calmly with them. Sometimes, you know what, maybe you're super upset over something that happened too. So maybe you need to take a little break and just say like, you know what, I'm going to just peace out for a few minutes. I will be back and then we can talk about this because right now I feel really upset. And that's a way for you to also model for them. Sometimes you do need to take a little time out to get your emotions under control and then you can come back and speak calmly. Some other things are hugging them, always greeting them with love when you first see them, when they come home from an activity, if they get up, when they get up in the morning, sorry, if they get up in the morning, they are teenagers. Um, when they get up in the morning, Greet them with love. Tell them good morning. Be happy to see them. Sometimes early in the morning, you might just hear a grunt and that's it. And as they wake up, they kind of, you know, get going. But for them to know every single day that they are loved and cherished and wanted goes a long way in building their self-esteem and helping them to learn how to deal with emotions better. So, with all of this, does it mean that we don't have rules and boundaries and expectations? And no, no, that's not the case at all. In fact, we should have rules and boundaries and expectations. But there doesn't need to be, I'm going to say this in air quotes, fighting. Adults don't fight with kids. We're adults. We should behave like adults. We should act like adults. And we should recognize that our kids are not yet adults. And if we're struggling to keep our emotions in check, how do we think people who are a lot younger than us are going to be able to manage that? Especially if they see, you know, if they're modeling that behavior. So recognizing that they are not adults and we are, and that they may struggle to keep their emotions and their outbursts in check, especially if that's what we're modeling. But if they're crossing lines, it's okay to say, you may not talk to me that way, or don't talk to me in that tone of voice. You may not call names. You may not, whatever it is. You can insert whatever you need to there. But instead of saying, 
you know, some sort of response that is unkind or whatever, just setting down that guideline. You may not do that. It helps them to understand as a parent, you're not angry at them. You're just telling them this is really not okay and you need to not continue doing it. You know, saying something like, I understand that you're angry. I understand you're upset. You're disappointed. You're frustrated whatever the case may be, but you may not take it out on me or you may not take it out on your sibling or your dad or whatever it is. So I think talking to them and giving them a way to express their emotions and giving them the tools, if they, if they hear you say like, I understand that you're really frustrated with what just happened, that tells them, oh, she's right. I am frustrated. How can I learn to deal with this? This That's what that, what's that? Oh, sorry. That's what that emotion feels like. All of those are tools that we're giving to our kids so that they can go on to have healthy communication. We don't have to have kids who are acting like, you know, teenagers, teenagers who are acting like tyrants or think it's okay to talk disrespectfully and rudely. So one thing to consider too is the influence of media, you know, movies, TV shows, whatever it is, and that social media and phones can have on kids today. And think about whether that's something that you want to have in your house or want to have with your kids. And recognize that it is okay to make decisions about those things that are not popular with your kids or maybe their friends or that aren't, you know, the norm in society today. There are so many kids who at a young age are having phones and social media and it's okay to say, you know what, we're not going to do that in our house. We're going to wait until there's a need of some sort to have a phone or whatever. So for example, our oldest got a phone when he was 17 he was driving, he had a job, he didn't have social media, but he had a phone and a way to reach us if need be. Ways so that, you know, he could use his maps to get around. He could take pictures or text or FaceTime, any of those things. He just didn't have social media. At 19, at when he was 19, he finally chose to get a social media account just to keep up with bands and community things, but he rarely uses it. It's not important to him. Our middle has autism. She's 18 now. And she has an old phone of mine. It doesn't have a phone number. so And it has no social media, but she can text and take pictures on it. But she said, like, I do not want social media. I just know that causes people to be sad. And it's not worth it. Like, I don't need to have social media. She said, well, you know, it's, it's not important to her. Our 13-year-old does not have a phone, does not have social media. She can text from the iPad and play games or whatever, you know, just like her siblings. So it's not that she doesn't have a way to reach others when she wants to. It's just that she doesn't need all of the extra drama that goes along with being a 13-year-old girl on social media and doing all of the comparison and comparisons and fear of missing out and all of those things that just cause you to feel lonely and sad and depressed. And I mean, frankly, sometimes I wonder how much value there really is in there. So anyway, on those devices for my girls, they don't have the app store on them. I removed it. I can go on at any point that they want to add something that a friend has or whatever, and I can research what it is. And then I can add it on, you know, should it look like something good for our family. I use common sense media a lot to see like, hey, is that really something that we should choose to watch or read or listen to or an app that really is okay or a game, you know, to play? 
but I'm able to set up downtime so the devices don't work after a certain time at night or in the morning. I can set up screen limits and then I can always add time. Like if they want more time, they can just click a button and wherever I am, whether I'm at home or I'm out, I can say, oh yeah, they can have a little bit more time on whatever it is they're doing here. We talk a lot about screen time in our house and how it affects people in so many different ways. We've watched a lot of documentaries about that, about social media, about the effect on kids and teenagers. Um, We've had really hard discussions and they've been tailored to the kids' ages and ability of understanding. But we've had, you know, discussions about predators and grooming and pornography and all of those things that, frankly, I would rather not have had any of those conversations with my kids. But I knew it was understanding. I knew that it was important because they needed to understand what is out there. Things that happen to regular old kids all the time and why we set limits limits in regards to media and social media in general. So anyway, just like toddlers, there are certain things that can keep teens from running at their best. And so some of the, like a few of the big ones that I think are important that we keep in mind, and that if your teen is having a meltdown or an anger issue or an outburst or just being grouchy or whatever, you can run through that little list in your head. Did they get enough sleep? And so, I mean, I think we know that's a pretty stereotypical thing, teens and sleep. So I know it is a huge one for attitudes and behaviors. They do need a lot more sleep than we do. Sometimes they do their best schoolwork at unconventional times. And it is important to make sure that they're getting the sleep they need and that they don't have devices keeping them from getting the sleep that they need. With homeschooling, we have the luxury of letting our kids sleep in if needed. But like when I hear of kids having to be up by 5 a.m. to get ready for school and then being at school all day and then they have their activities and their dinner and their schoolwork and getting to bed at midnight or whatever, like, oh my gosh, no wonder the teens are exhausted. And I remember being so exhausted as a teen. So that's one of the ones that we just want to make sure that our teens are, are getting enough sleep. Food, that's another one, big one for teens. If we want their emotions to stay regulated, their blood sugar has to stay regulated too. So eating healthy foods throughout the day can help to keep them on track. Exercise and time outside. Teens can really more easily go down a rabbit hole of hiding if they aren't getting outside and they aren't exercising their bodies in some way. My kids have always been involved in some sort of physical activity as homeschoolers, but even if if teens and tweens aren't, they can be going for a walk every day. They can be working out at home. They can be doing exercise videos, whatever it is, something to release those endorphins. But being outside in the daytime also helps to regulate their sleep cycle, which can help with emotional regulation as as well. So whether that's taking a walk as a family in the morning or the evening, having them go walk with a neighbor kid, you know, listen to music while they're walking or working out, whatever it is, just getting outside, getting some exercise, super important. Another one is family or friend time. So for teens, that can be a big priority. And especially I think if your kids have come out of public school where they're used to seeing kids every single day, just make sure that you are working together with them to find social outlets and things that they enjoy doing with others. 
if you need to set up things because they're, you're not finding what you're looking for, then do it. But one of the perks of homeschooling is knowing who your teens are hanging out with and what they're doing and what those influences are. So does having teens and tweens that are kind and respectful, well, I'm going to say most of the time, sound impossible? Because it's not. And not to say that my kids are perfect. They are not. Trust me. And not to say that I am perfect because I am so far from perfect. Trust me. I mean, like literally none of that is even close to the case. But we are all just doing the best we can and striving to be better. We do have a big focus in our house on being kind and respectful. But it's a two-way street, like I said. We don't treat our kids like garbage and then tell them they have to respect us. We try to always treat them with respect and we expect them to do the same. Same with kindness. And again, we are not perfect, not even close. I lose my temper sometimes, especially during the times when I have hormones raging through my body. I raise my voice sometimes. I overreact sometimes. But I do go in and apologize when, when I need to. And I recognize that my relationship with my kids and my husband is way more important than being right. It's way more important than anything. And so going in and apologizing is important to me. Anytime I behave in a way that I don't want to behave as a parent. So I do know a lot of teenagers. I have dealt with a lot. I've taught them a lot throughout our homeschooling journey, including some with special needs. And I do want to say as a side note, having a team with special needs doesn't mean that they have a free pass to be unkind or yell at their parents or cuss at them or physically harm them. Obviously, there are more extreme cases where that may not, you know, be a reality or that may be a reality. But in most cases, just having a child with special needs doesn't mean that they have that free pass to behave however they choose. And again, having a child with special needs myself, you know, she has learned how to make sure that she is not being unkind, that she's not being disrespectful because sometimes she doesn't recognize the tone of her voice. And so we talk a lot about what do you think that sounds like to other people when you say that? And then she goes, oh, yeah, if you said that to me, I would feel that way too. And so we just have those good, healthy conversations without getting angry or mad at each other. So I just want to say I know a lot of teenagers who are kind and respectful, who go out of their way to help others, who can have who can have fun without doing all the bad stuff that we hear about for teenagers. And not to say they don't ever struggle with an eye roll or a flippant remark, but their overall behavior and their love for their parents and their siblings shows through. So I do not subscribe to the cultural norm that teens are a bunch of moody jerks. I don't. It's definitely something that we can choose to embrace and say, yep, that's just how my teen is and it's cool. I'm okay with it. And we can actually even kind of cultivate that within our own houses and our own families. Just by the way we approach them, our relationships with them, the way we talk to them. Or we can choose a totally different path outside of those cult cultural norms, outside of what we see on stereotypical TV shows and movies. And we can just love our teens. We can talk highly to them and about them in ways that, in times that they can hear us. We can find them ways to communicate effectively. 
and to manage those big emotions as they transition into adulthood and really helping them learn to communicate well and to be kind and respectful is life-changing. So imagine if all teens behaved this way. It's doable. I'm telling you people, it's doable. So work on it. You can do it too. It'll be fun. Anyway, I wish Beth was here to talk with me about this today, but she's not and I miss her and I'm praying for her. And so I am just grateful that you are listening and thanks a lot. Thank you so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.